the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Love never inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern-day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly set love, set the captives Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. Now, here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are, I am Benita Hopkins, first of all, and the co-host here, and I just want to say hello to our host who is on the line today, my partner in justice, Ms. Vanessa Russell. Hey, Vanessa. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well, missing you in studio. And we have today a great friend, a great partner of mine and in Sister Marilyn Wilson. Hello, Sister Marilyn. Hi. Sister Marilyn is um, one of the sisters of the Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and she is an educator and spiritual director, retreat facilitator, and I know her as a partner on the No Traffic Ahead team. So welcome again. Thank you so much. Um, She's a volunteer member of the Catholic Network to End Human Trafficking out of the Diocese of San Jose. And that is so very interesting. We really appreciate, I know all the work that you guys do there and the reports that you bring back to us on the No Traffic Ahead team. Can you tell us, um, tell us about that charter? What is that involvement? Well, the Catholic Network to End Human Trafficking began about in 2012, and it was a a movement by uh, religious sisters, nuns, to educate the bishops of San Jose and Monterey, because they really didn't understand that human trafficking was in their backyard. Right. And so the sisters kind of informed the bishop, and as a result of that, he asked his social justice ministries office Hmm. to gather together all kinds of people from the San Jose Police Department, from 
at that time the South Bay Coalition, mm-hmm. Sharon Danoa, and um, to gather together people of the church to say, what can we do about this horrific tragedy? Right. And so we gathered together and set up a mission statement and goals, primarily in terms of education of churches and parishes and schools mm-hmm. about this issue, modern-day slavery, mm-hmm. and to see what we could do as church. And so since then, we have focused a lot on our faith formation conferences, on getting into the schools and mm-hmm. educating parishes. And one of the wonderful things is to collaborate with No Traffic Ahead pre-Super Bowl and mm-hmm. after Super Bowl. So that's been kind of the focus of this organization. Great. And I know here in this county of Alameda, um, we have a similar um, Catholic network, right, right. with uh, the Dominican sisters. I know Sister Caritas and Mission San Jose. I don't know the right diocese. Yeah, it's, it's the Oakland diocese, but it's primarily through the Sisters of the Holy Family yeah, Sisters and of the Holy Sister Family. Caritas Foster, and yes. their community really spearheaded this for for over 10 years. Yes, for a very, very long time. And she's a dear, dear partner and friend of Love Never Fails as well. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit here, a little bit later, about you mentioned um, partnering in schools or getting information out in schools and um, educating not only students, I presume, but also administrators and, and teachers and things of that nature, and your um, your event that you have coming up. Right. Uh, part, of, part of our effort, we really, first of all, went to find out what is already being done, mm-hmm. not to reinvent the whole education process. Right. And we found out that many of the Catholic high schools yes. already had many involved students on this very issue. Yes. So we connected with them mm-hmm. and have asked them to help us in the presentations we give to schools, mm-hmm. to parishes. Um, we've been, we have offered two major seminars to try to bring all kinds of players involved. Yes. And after that, then try to reach out specifically to schools. Um, we're still kind of <laughs> using that as a major goal because it, it it does take a lot of time to get into the schools. And do we know? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I hear you. I, I definitely understand that. And we have, um, Eleven Never Fails has been involved with Bellman and Notre Dame um, presentation high schools, mm-hmm. Catholic high schools here in the South Bay. And I agree, you know, it is, um, yes, you can get in and you can do this and you can do that, but it, it is a long process. But hopefully those things are going to get better, going to get better. So um, as a peace and justice advocate for women and children, um, how did you, what made, gave you this interest, particularly human trafficking well, uh, about the year 2000, I was uh, being coordinator with a couple of other people of what we called our women's office of our congregation. Okay. And our responsibility was to educate the congregation uh, members so they could educate others right. uh, about all kinds of justice issues regarding women and children. Okay. And so as part of that, as one small part of that, I came across all kinds of information, primarily about international human trafficking. Okay. And then I realized that it was a very important issue. And so uh, then when this opportunity of the Catholic Network came up, okay. uh, I then wanted to be do something more specifically locally. Okay. Uh, two sisters, Salvatorian sisters from the Midwest, came out to Watsonville in the 2001. And they came out. Their community had been working on this issue for 10 years. Mm. And they really wanted to see what's happening in Watsonville. Okay. And they had hoped to set up a safe house at there, but they hadn't 
weren't able to do that for many reasons, but they educated me. Okay. They did set up a safe house, SDS Hope House in San Diego, okay. and now they're working in Sacramento. Mm. So I got really interested and involved through them. And then when this opportunity came to volunteer in an educational, since my community does primarily education, right. I thought, this is where I want to pour my efforts into working with as a volunteer and, and do presentations, mm-hmm. work at this co- these ma- major faith formation conferences every year. Mm-hmm. And then the joy of working with high school students to network, yes. to encourage, and later on maybe I can talk about some of their specific projects that over the last three years are absolutely amazing. Yes, yes, they are. And and you yourself, you have that background. You have a wealth of information. Um, your background includes uh, a Master's of Art in English and Communications. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> a Master's of the- Theological Studies from the uh, Franciscan School of Theology. And your certification of spiritual direction from Mercy Center in Burlingame. So you have that wealth of information, the perfect person to be doing what you're doing. Well, and, and I was a high school teacher for a long while, and then a GED teacher, So, um, and then back into elementary school. So right. I, I see have, I have a, in elementary. a great, great love of students and learning, and especially as an elder person, these young people who are so dedicated, yes, so aware at 15, 16, mm-hmm. and they are our future. So it, it, it keeps me young and keeps me wanting to keep this, even though it takes forever to get something done sometimes. <laughs> yes. And it, and I understand what you mean. Keeps you young. I, I agree with that for sure. So that's kind of how you got involved. Right. 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 With your, your faith community. Exactly. That is something that we um, on our on Abolition Radio are always encouraging our listeners that wherever they are, whether their faith communities, their work environments, their their families, their schools, whatever, that they could can take action and get involved in this fight right where they are. It doesn't require, like you said, recreant, re, um, reinventing the wheel, but just putting their hands to the plow right where they are and using their gifts and talents to make a difference. And I think you are a perfect example of that happening. So... Before we take a break, let's talk about, um, can you give me an example of one of those high school uh, collaborations? Right. About three years ago at one of the first faith formation conferences that we had an exhibit booth, I needed some volunteers. Okay. And so I had already had some connections with campus ministers and history teachers in some of the schools. So I just set out an alert. Could someone come and help? Okay. And I had one young man from Bellarmine who didn't know me at all. Right. Uh, came and, and, and volunteered. And then I had two young women from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And one came already involved in this issue. Mm-hmm. And the other came just as a friend. Mm. And they were amazing. Yes. So they came in. I showed them the materials. I said, you greet the people. They took over, and they did a fantastic job. As Great. a result of that, we had many more connections. Oh, I bet. And I bet. one of the girls who became a senior chose as her senior service learning project. She was part of the group called SAM, which is mm-hmm. Students Against yes. Modern Slavery. Mm-hmm. She and another friend... Um, talk about friends getting friends involved <laughs> yes. and putting their faith in action. Mm-hmm. These young people, uh, as uh, trained in a Catholic school, mm-hmm. you know, basics in the faith, but if faith has no action and no right. outreach. And so she created a website. 
She interviewed key players in the Bay Area mm-hmm. from from. Uh, no traffic ahead from mm-hmm. the county supervisor, from S- uh, Santa Clara Law Center, from BAATC. Mm-hmm. She went and she and her friend videotaped, yes. put together an, an amazing website it is. Yes. with uh, I Am a Hummingbird. And mm-hmm. since then, they, oh, they also did a couple of workshops. They've helped us do grade school presentations. So they are an inspiration. And of course, they're very smart about social media. Yeah. So they know how to put things together cool. and, and created this. And it's been used by other young people. Mm-hmm. I've used it in many of my presentations. And it's, and it's an excellent uh, tool mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's well-researched and well well. Um, um, put together uh, and and very inspiring. That is great. That is great. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about that and um, what we are doing, our efforts here with Protect Mm -hmm. and how we are motivating and getting students to take action in in a very similar way. And we'll be right back with another segment of Abolition Radio. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. I'm in the studio! Oh my gosh! (laughs) Oh, that Bay Area commute, the bane of my existence. Um, Well, I'm so grateful to be here with Sister Marilyn, be able to look at your beautiful face and meet you in person. We haven't met yet, but I've heard great things about you and um, to be here with you, Benita. And you were just talking about all the awesome work that you're doing in the schools and creating community and um, really empowering the young people to go and use their gifts and their faith to make a difference in the fight against human trafficking. And that um, that's like my heart. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it just um, just that little piece of seeing people advocate for their brothers and sisters, because really this is a this is a um, and I've just learned this new term um, generation Z mm-hmm. um, 19 and under. This is a generation Z uh, epidemic mm-hmm. and um, one that that they have to take ownership of. And as you mentioned in the last segment, um, they're you know so skilled at using social media, at using technology. And uh, you know, I still try to think, you know, I've got I've got the stuff. You know, <laughs> I still think I've got the stuff, but I I. I I've lost it. I, you know, I, I, the other day I was sitting there watching my daughter, my nine-year-old daughter play with, you know, and my, oh, my 10-year-old son, my gosh, try, playing with his computer and the things that it, he was showing me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you can do that now and you can do that now. And I'm, I just said, oh, no, I'm old. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so using all of that knowledge to combat human trafficking, which, by the way, is leveraging technology to further the profit margins, to further the access, right? So we've got to use the very tools that are being used to um, destroy lives, to restore them, right? So 
We were going to talk about protect, but before we do that, um, I, I wanted to just ask you a couple more questions. Is that okay? Sure. Is that right? Okay. Um, I was. I'm very curious about. Um, so, Sister of Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary is the church that you're at today. Or Correct. Today. Okay. Correct. And um, and 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 then Sisters of the Holy Family is that associated with a specific church or a group of churches? How does that work? Well, we are a member of what we call religious congregations. And I know that word congregations gets confused because yeah. it talks. We are actually independent groups of women who uh, responded to the call to belong to a, a group to work within the church, but we are not a church unto ourselves. We're part of the larger Catholic church. Okay. So we, we work in different parishes. We work in different venues. Most of the foundresses of these congregations came over to this country in the late 1800s, okay. the, the late 1700s, early 1800s, following the immigrant movement. And they came primarily and set up the Catholic school system, set up the social service system, orphanages. Uh, they came at a time, uh, the first group came in in New Orleans. So each of these groups, we call it the alphabet soup of religious communities. We uh-huh. all have these n- little initials. We, men are, many are independent. So you have your Franciscans and Dominicans. Then you have your charities, and we're all somewhat independent. But we, we are driven by mission to make the gospel alive, okay. and especially in our day, and, and to reach out to the poor in the margins. So they came with those poor people people and came to this country administering to those ministering to those people uh, all over the United States. Our group came from Ireland, settled in New York first and then in Philadelphia. And when the know-nothings began to burn Catholic churches, we were called to the West first to educate the Indians. And when we got to Dubuque, Iowa, Mm -hmm. um, we educated the women, the girls, because women didn't have that much education at the time. And then we spread across the United States. So most of women religious belong to these different different entities, part of the Catholic, larger Catholic Church. And so we, we work through parishes and through our churches, but we are, are actually independent entities. Wow, that's awesome. So, okay, so I heard uh, Philadelphia and I heard Irish. So I, you're my people. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is half Irish. Oh, and and I, we're from Pennsylvania. So I was like, well, I'm part of B, B, BVM. And many, many groups did hospitals, like certain groups focused on hospitals, some mm-hmm. focused on schools. We had two colleges and schools. But at what point in time, we had about 150 schools across the United States. From the, And we decided not to break up into smaller entities. So at one time in the 60s, of course, that was a big time when there were about 2,200 of us all across the United States. But our all religious women, our religious congregations, our uh, our moving, um, are diminishing today, but our mission is still strong. Uh, we see young people and remaining as lay leaders in the church mm-hmm. doing such good work. And yes. so anytime we can collaborate with any group who's working on any social issue, that's always been the heart of our thing is to work with others uh, to live the gospel message. Yes. Beautiful. So uh, on a personal note, what brought you to this uh this role of being a nun. At well, I was educated by our sisters, and I think in the in the '60s there were not many opportunities for women um, to be really fully educated, and so uh, or to give service. the The Peace Corps was not there yet. Uh, there was a group, the Papal Volunteers, AmeriCorps, uh, Mercy Corps. 
if you wanted to be of service, the roles that you either played were a teacher or a nurse. Mm. And so I, at that time, I was only 17. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted, I didn't know what I wanted really, but I wanted to give some service. And I was taught by our sisters. And I saw them as joyful, loving, dedicated people, still wearing habit. But mm-hmm. it was like, I, I didn't exactly want to be a teacher, but I wanted to be of service. And in the Catholic Church, that was probably the only way to do that at that point. Wow. that's And, and you know, it that's just amazing. You made that decision at 17. Mm-hmm. And when you look back over your life, what, five years ago or so, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> do, do you feel like, yeah, that was it. That was the right thing to do. That was you. You always as persons of faith, you always, of course, doubt and have questions. Yeah. But you always return. And our community and many communities were always supportive in providing us with the best education, yeah. the many spiritual growth opportunities to sustain that call. And it's not just a call once. Yes. As you know, mm-hmm. as women, Recommit. it's a call yeah. as wives, as mothers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yes. a recommitment over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And so after 57 years, yeah. you keep recommitting committing yourself over right. and over again right. because every new generation every new presents new needs mm. new calls mm-hmm. and so we've been also been given the freedom our charism is enjoying freedom in God's steadfast love and helping others enjoy that freedom yes. and so over the years I went from high school teaching to GED work to young adult education to retreat work uh, to um, back to an elementary school at one point um, uh, just because when the call, and so I've been involved in immigration reform, in many other kinds of issues that that seek that call us out to mm. respond to today's needs, mm, yeah. and so we are given the freedom to do that. Yeah, wow. Well, um, after I, I would like to talk a little bit about protect, but I kind of want to go come back to this immigration work mm. and understand, you know, what is uh, the position of uh, uh, BVM as it relates to some of the immigration things that are going on in Santa Clara County, for example. Santa Clara County is a sanctuary, right? I believe it's or San Jose mm-hmm. is a sanctuary city. Santa Clara too, but I'm not sure about Santa Clara County, but I've been to some of the, um, the board, um, um, the city council meetings and, uh, the, the county council meetings. And, you know, there's this, this solidarity that people are standing in, in, um, wanting to ensure that people that are in this country are treated with dignity and respect and, and provided, um, love no matter, you know, where they come from and what their beliefs are. And, um, I, um, I, w- I'm curious to hear what, you know, what the stance is there, because, um, the reason I'm asking is very pertinent into this discussion of human trafficking is oftentimes places where um, people, it's uh, justified uh, abuse is justified against a a group of people based on what they look like, their gender, their um, belief systems. That's where you'll see a a, a preponderance of human trafficking. Um, It just goes hand in hand. You devalue life. And so it's very easy to use life to profit. And so, um, uh, you know, and, and never mind the vulnerability that people experience because they feel they have no alternatives. They can't turn to any um, law enforcement. They can't turn to anyone to support them. Um, 
As a matter of fact, I was in the. I, was, I asked one of my legal friends, and I was I was I was actually going to uh, uh, touch on this uh, about some of the laws um, because there's some very great with Sharon ab- legal advocacy going on in Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. So w- let's talk mm-hmm. about that um, and how we get those word that word out amongst the students, amongst the communities as well about rights, human rights. So we'll come back, lots to discuss, and it's great talking to you here, Sister Marilyn. We'll be right back with another session of Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition. Radio, right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Sister Marilyn Wilson of uh, BSM, correct? BVM. Oh, BVM, sorry. Uh, The Sister of of Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she is an educator, a spiritual director, and retreat facilitator who works with parishes throughout the area. Um, Just a a joy to be in your presence. And, um, And we were just hearing about sisters on the bus and I'm I'm like I'm, I, I was getting ready. oh happy day oh happy day come on you gotta help me out yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was thinking oh of sister, goodness, act. sister act yeah. yeah so tell us about sisters on the bus that okay. sounds so cool well, it's, it's formal title is called nuns on the bus nuns on the bus okay. okay and it was started by network Catholic network of social justice lobbyists in Washington, D.C., started about 40 years ago by a coalition of religious women's communities saying, we have got to affect legislation on a national level. And so we have to become a lobby organization that will lobby for social justice, Catholic teaching principles. And so they've, especially around economic justice, especially around now, of course, immigration reform. And so a couple of years ago, uh, they got the idea to have a bus touring the country to visit congressional offices mm-hmm. and also to visit agencies and talk to people who gave personal testimony of how they were affected by legislation and policy. And mm-hmm. so to he- listen to the people to take, again, to give public exposure to the stories of people suffering, then to bring those stories to legislation, not just in Washington, not just in Washington, D.C., but all across the country. So there was one tour. They've they've made about three tours. Uh, This last one was on economic policy. The one the year, a couple years before was on immigration reform. And I was privileged to volunteer. And the bus had the staff of Network and Sister Simone Campbell, a sister of social service, traveling the country. And they came up to San Francisco. And um, so different communities would get on the bus with her and travel. And so the purpose was, again, to highlight the unjust policies of the government in terms of economics, of, of affecting the poorest of the poor. And so the so we were a, a joyful group of people, but there was a lawyer, an immigration lawyer from Chicago, one of the sisters, Simone herself, and, and the younger staff members of Network, who day after day go to Washington, D, are in Washington, D.C., and advocate. Mm-hmm. And so we listened to s- s- very, very sad stories. And I just have one little story. When we went to McCarthy's office in Modesto, mm-hmm. and I'm walking up the stairs with a Hispan- young Hispanic woman, 
and we were just chatting, and I said, you know, tell me about yourself. She was documented. Her husband was not. She had a, a, a fourth-grade daughter, seven-year-old, and she told me the story of when they had a town hall meeting with McCarthy, Representative McCarthy. Her daughter said this little story. She says, I worry every day that my father, I go to school, and I see half my classroom not there because they've been deported. Mm-hmm. She says, I live in, uh, this little seven-year-old, I live in fear. She says, it's like a box, and here's this box, and and if one f- side of the box falls, if one person gets deported, what's going to happen to the family? Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, can I talk to your daughter sometime, and can I use her story? Mm-hmm. And so the mother said yes. So afterwards, I actually t- telephoned the girl and talked to her. But those are the kinds of personal encounters with unjust policies. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was two years ago. And look what's happened since then. Oh, yeah. Right. And so just the other night, a group of us went to a Mountain View uh, of candlelight vigil to support the DACA dreamers. And we heard from at least 10 of them talking about both their fears, but what was inspiring, and these are all young people, what was inspiring was to hear their stories of saying, we are not going away, we are not afraid, and we are going to work, and we thank you for your support. Mm-hmm. And so just in a a prayerful, it was a most peaceful, prayerful atmosphere to be supportive. So that's the kind of thing that um, that that needs to be highlighted, and, and that's part of our work. Yes, we work on, on human trafficking, but human trafficking is a very much a part of, 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 um, of the, the, the search for just policies and mm-hmm. economic justice. Yeah, a greater message. Especially labor yeah. trafficking. Yeah. Yes. And you know what, so just contrasting a bit about justice and faith, um, I had an experience yesterday. I actually uh, accompanied one of our young ladies to court in another county, and it was pretty. It was hours away from us, and we drove a long way to get there. And when we got in the uh, in the court, uh, there was such disdain towards uh, our young lady um, who was um, trying to reunify with her child. And and my heart was. I was. You know, I'm. 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 I'm a fighter. I'm. I'm just. I, I've got that fight in me real bad. And um and so I when I left from that courtroom, I um I was preparing to email the deputy director or, or write a letter to the deputy director of their department just expressing my disgust with um the behavior of the staff who was just so unkind and so unsupportive towards this woman who was changing her life around and doing some amazing work um and but then uh, this this thing came over me um to just just sit with it a while just wait a while cuz i tended to just like as soon as i make up my mind that's it i'm going i was on the website who's the deputy director who's in charge you know and 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 I began to get into this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do place. And my husband um, really solidified it last night when he, he shared that scripture with me and just reminded me that people are operating out of ignorance. They're operating out of fear. Uh, they don't they don't understand um, the, the real story. They don't understand the real story. They they think in boxes or in this disconnected way, kind of like the way I was thinking about them, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking at them across the table, and their face is sour, and they're being mean, and they're not, you know, they're 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 not um, 
showing that they care at all. Well, how do, what do I know what they're going through? Uh, you know, have they experienced something at the hands of somebody who was the other? And so trying to get to that place is why I think having your faith in this mix of justice is so important because doing this without your faith um, can be a very angry journey. <laughs> you know, you have really hit what is central. Yeah. Any peace and justice work, if there is no sustenance, is there no foundation in faith or in God, it's, it's, it, will not, it will not ever. We, we, we have so many things where we label enemy or we label the other. Mm. And so how do we use our spiritual resources, our mm. contemplative stances, yeah. our listening ability to do, do what courageously you did, to turn it around? We, we often want to just fight go f- and we need to struggle but we need to go back to the source and then we be able to see the other end as it's really a challenge you know Sorry. when Jesus love your enemies well oh. that's very difficult to do this yes. day and age especially when we call people that and we, what's really happening in their lives right but the injustice of what you experienced yesterday yeah yeah no it's real <clears throat> and it's it's disturbing but that's where you have to say love never fails. And you have to say, mm-hmm. you know, um, God's will, you know, nothing is impossible. But you have to really fill yourself with that word that encourages you to remind you that no weapon formed against this young lady will prosper. And as a matter of fact, um, the people who are are looking with such disdain will come to know a new revelation. I'm believing that um, through this experience, there'll be an opportunity to even educate them because I believe the disdain comes from not understanding human trafficking Mm -hmm. and thinking, oh, well, you know, you you left your child in this situation and that situation, not understanding what someone endures when they are in, you know, and, and maybe they naively stumbled upon. Nobody goes out and says, hey, uh, yeah, me, beat me, sell me, move me from state to state, make it so I can't get to my kids, you know, keep my kids, hold my kids hostage. Nobody signs up for that. They may have gone into it thinking it was going to be something else naively. But to what degree do we um, wish harm upon people because of a a mistake that we probably would have all made. We'll be right back um, and we'll listen a little bit more to all the great things that Sister Marilyn has to share. And uh, thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight. Against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. And we're just having a great time today talking about all the ways in which um, people in the community um, that are in Santa Clara County and, and others, other counties um, throughout the Bay Area, and, and particularly young people, are getting involved in this uh, issue of human trafficking and um, dealing with uh, certain injustices, uh, immigration uh, reform uh, that often lend themselves to to um, the increase of trafficking when when left unaddressed. And um, 
and just um, abuse and, and harm to, to other, to humans, to our brothers and sisters amongst us. And so um, just bringing it back a little bit to the prevention education piece, um, as I was sharing in the last um, segment, one of the things that occurred to me as to why there was such disdain, in, you know, there in that courtroom was there was a lack of education. And so I think education is really, really important, um, not just so that we can prevent this from happening to in our own families and in with our own children, but so that we don't carry certain prejudices um, about people or, or certain um, judgments. And we know how to be more trauma informed when we encounter uh, human trafficking and um, underlying, you know, root causes, um, you know, poverty, uh, you know, um, homelessness, uh, uh, just another experience I had recently, I went to a pastor's conference and we were all, we were learning about how to disciple people and, and being encouraged about discipleship. And there was a homeless woman that walked in and she asked for, um, she asked for, um, some food and, uh, or some money. And uh, one of the people there, um, s- began to give her the money, but kind of shooed her away a little bit while he gave her the money. And I watched this and normally I would, I would interrupt, you know, but for some reason the Lord had me kind of like stuck just watching. And, uh, as I observed what was going on, it was so ironic because she left and with this money. And then this guy sat down and began to speak among some other guys about how to disciple and describing the methodologies that they were going to use at their church to disciple people. Mm. And what came to me is how many times are we talking about methodology instead of actually seizing the opportunity Mm. to, to make a difference. And so, um, you know, you know, I, I want to say education is key and, but we also have to temper it with action and um, I love what you're doing because it's almost both, right? You're getting the youth active while they're they're make creating awareness. Um, we uh, we at Love Never Fails have partnered with two agencies, Three Strands Global and Frederick Douglass Family Initiative, to form a uh, collaborative called Protect. And um, actually, SB 1227 um, just passed on the Senate floor unanimously this week. Yay! Yay! Um, And so now it's going to be on the governor's desk. So we're asking for our listening audience to send in letters of support um, to, um, to the governor. And um, just really emphasizing that um, requiring this in 7th, 9th, and 11th grade, um, there's no, our bill is not attached to any appropriation, so it's not um, going to force people, you know, funding, although we'll have to be resourceful about finding the funding. But can we at least get in name that we think this is an important um, um, requirement uh, because of the implications to our community. And so we're out there educating using age appropriate um, curriculum in fifth, seventh, ninth, and 11th grade classroom, educating the teachers so that they can educate the students. And we've actually been in com- uh, communication with a couple of um, uh, 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 religious communities within the Catholic Church. And, um, and so I would love to explore ways that we could do more of that. Um, in Santa Clara County, um, you know, if if there's an opportunity to do that. 
I would be most uh, happy to be able to facilitate what we can do together because we're looking for exactly what you have. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, um, just when you mentioned the legislative piece, the group at Mitty High School called mm-hmm. MAP, one of their smaller groups, uh, does focus on human trafficking, and t- two of their younger members have do uh, their focus since they can't do direct service work they do legislative work they go to Sacramento and they go to Washington DC and when i needed some information for a presentation i gave last thursday i called this young woman i said what's the latest on this bill <laughs> she is up to date on everything wow. she she said great it's going to pass she says and then she had some other information about other bills so these young people also can be advocates. They're on it. And we go to them to find out how we can sign on a letter. We just sent out a letter on another bill. And now that we're part of Catholic Charities, we can do even more because it's a more powerful organization. So I think that uh, you're right. But I really do want to work with you to find out how we can use programs already not reestablished. You already have it. How we can use those to help us get more involved within the Catholic school system and beyond. So I look forward to greater collaboration in that area. And she sat in on our training a couple of years ago. Yes. Okay, when we were South doing Bay. Love Don't Hurt, or when we were doing Love Don't Hurt at South Bay Coalition, the conference. Yes. So she she has a little she bit. She knows of, that. I just yeah. need yes. to learn more. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we what we've tried to do, we've learned so much, and Benita and I have been doing this prevention education piece since the very beginning. And um, our program used to be about eight hours long um, because it was more of a art almost like a, a, a creative arts um, awareness program and um, and it was something that where we would take you through the 101 deep yeah. into trauma abuse prevention. You know, deep into abuse as it, yeah. yeah as it led to trafficking yeah and so so and and I still love the you know the way that we did that but we had to be really mindful in coming together with two other agencies that had different perspectives um, uh, you know three strands global was just going bonkers educating people on from a health standpoint um, a they, you know, really focusing on the ninth grade was like their sweet spot. And they they educated, I want to say, like 20,000 ninth grade students in the Sacramento area. Amazing work. And then you had Frederick Douglass Family Initiative, who had educated like 70,000 students yeah. over a, 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 a over period of like 11 years across the country. Yeah. Um, on, yes. But from a historical standpoint. And so and then you direct had, descendants of Frederick Douglass. Yeah. And Booker T. Washington. Right. Yeah. So we had that coming into play and then we had our artistic piece um, and and we snapped it all together and tried to make it so that it was palatable for any teacher to be able to deliver and not, you know, overwhelm anyone. So we had to, so so it's about an hour and a half, two hours per grade. And what I like about it is it's um, it's it's additive. So it's not inoculation where you come in and you just get one class and that's it it's over you know about human trafficking we're done but it's it's part, become part of your culture if you're in there in 5th and 7th and ninth and 11th right it's, a it's right. systematic it's, it's a part of core curriculum too. exactly right it, it's actually written against California education code so it just it's 
it, it satisfies what they already had to do. It's um, we, we, we've provided videos, we've provided um, um, narratives, we've provided PowerPoints so that the teachers just go and watch the videos and internalize it. There's even place for them to do Q&A in this online environment. So we've really tried to think it through and um, and it's exciting um, that that the state actually agrees Mm -hmm. that this is important. So more to come and uh, hopefully we'll come back on the show and talk about all the great things that we're doing with sister Marilyn, but um, just want to encourage you and everything that you're doing um, as we, we're going to come back with some events that are going on in the community. uh, And, and if you have anything you can share then, but thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Just really a blessing. And uh, thanks to you all for listening to abolition radio. We'll be back with more abolition radio. Radio, right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So we've got some um, upcoming events, and um, uh, Sister Marilyn, you have something coming on. Well, it is uh, November 3rd and 4th is the uh, Santa Clara uh, Faith Formation Conference for the Diocese of of Monterey's, uh, Oakland, and San San Jose. It's called God is Always With Us. We'll be doing a workshop on Friday on educational resources and curriculum uh, for teachers, because the teachers will be off school and be able to come. Uh, So we want to involve your organization and the Protect program and others. And then on Saturday, it's for uh, parish groups coming to learn about human trafficking. Uh, There'll be a workshop in Spanish and in English. And so we do our, again, since education is our priority, we'll be pushing the varieties of curriculums that are around and and hopefully we can do a lot of partnering for the future. Awesome. Wonderful. And you have some other stuff going on, huh, Benita? Yes. Tonight is our monthly outreach, um, and we're in the Center Valley tonight. So um, come on out and support us there in, in Stockton, and you can contact uh, streets at loveneverfailsus.com to get all the pertinent details in that regard. And next Saturday, Vanessa will be speaking at 5.30 at the Concord Hilton um, for the Bay Area Rescue Mission. It's their 52nd annual banquet. And uh, come on out and support in that regard as well. Um, On October 4th through the 7th, um, I will be at uh, the National CCDA Conference in Detroit and speaking in a workshop on human trafficking and the essential role of the local church. So those of you who are going to CCDA this year, I would love to see you in the workshop. It's under contemplative social issues track. So come on out for that. And it will be on the Thursday of that week. Also, last but not least, um, don't forget to send your letters to the governor. Um, for AB 1227, yay, we want him to sign. We would love your support in that regard. Um, there is one more. On October 19th, uh, the Alameda County Department of the Status of Women will be having their annual panel um, through the Looking Glass, Uncovering Human Trafficking and Domestic Violence. And I will be speaking, um, that is on the 19th, it's 530 to 930 at Chabot College. So come on out for that. So hope to hear from you more. Check us out at loveneverfailsus.com. Yes. And one other thing I wanted to just highlight is uh, we actually are opening up our career closet 
for foster youth, um, system-involved youth, teenage uh, uh, parents, uh, and uh, transitional-age youth. And uh, uh, we are so excited. We actually have had now two parties from Cisco giving oh, cool. us business attire. Right. Um, but if you are out there, you're listening, and you're thinking, I'd like to contribute, we sure could use work boots. Mm-hmm. We could use hard hats for people who are getting in the construction field mm-hmm. um, because we got a lot of business suits from the, the Cisco <laughs> types. Um, but we'll take some more of those if you want to give us a Versace suit or uh, <laughs> A Vera Wang uh, <laughs> pair of shoes, we'll take it. But um, uh, I might be wearing it next time. No, but, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, just kidding. But I, I definitely um, uh, appreciate everyone um, with their giving heart and just continue to keep that in prayer. I think that is going to be an amazing uh, door opener for uh, youth to uh, move into a sustainable career. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, th- of course, we want to go to Love Never com for more information about what we're doing. Uh, we can uh, also, you can listen to previous recordings on this uh, Abolition Radio recordings at abolitionradio.org and um, like our pages on Facebook. There's Love Never Fails. There's Youth Commission Against Trafficking, YCAT. There's Project Look For Me, where we post pictures of missing children. Uh, and Double Portion, our community store, where we post all kinds of goodies that are uh, for sale that this week. So do uh, do support us, do get involved, and of course, do know, if you haven't heard it from us in, in the past before, do know that you, you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival, and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.